0: Well, you got to vote them out. Uh, I mean, that's a very simple answer. And use your vote, use your voice, put the pressure on. These are elected officials. They are supposed to represent their constituents. If they're not doing that, then they shouldn't be in office, plain and simple.
1: Yep.
2: Plain and simple. Keep it in mind. It's election season after all. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right scared in case I fall off my chair, and I'm wondering
0: how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you.
2: Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA and in a whole bunch of other affiliates around the country that I'm not going to list today because that's just how much show we've got for you that we're (laughs) going to try to fit in. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Welcome to the Bradcast. Yes, it is our last show before taking a brief hiatus over the holiday to allow... Desi to see her family for the first time in years since uh, since before the pandemic.
0: Yes, indeedy.
2: So there's that. You'll get to do that. Nicole (laughs) Sandler will be in for us for a few days Uh, as our uh, previous week of programs have sort of gotten all jumbled up due to the horrific breaking news out of Texas. A few days ago, I've got my previously planned guest for the day Uh, After that shooting, which was also the day after the primary elections in four states, well, I had to reschedule him for today. So the great progressive champion and U.S. House expert Howie Klein will join us today to catch up with a whole lot more than we'll likely have time to catch up with uh, with him. He will be here very momentarily. With that in mind, I've also got some all too quick but very important updates on a number of stories that we have been covering on this program in recent days that I want to make sure to jam in quickly before we disappear for Desi's long-overdue escape to
0: Texas.
2: (laughs) Let's start in California, where we discussed on Monday the plan by Democrats here in the state legislature to adopt a bill known as SB 1480, allowing incredibly enough for Internet and, and or fax voting in, uh, in California, first for disabled voters, but thereafter, who knows, since we discussed it in detail on this program with one of the world's top experts on the dangers of Internet voting systems, Dr. David Jefferson, formerly of both verifiedvoting.org and Livermore National Labs. That measure has now passed out of the state Senate, largely on a party line vote with Democrats, shamefully, in favor of it and Republicans against. The bill now heads to the California State General Assembly, where if passed, it would then go to the governor for his signature to become law. As uh, Dr. Jefferson warned on this program, this is a very, very bad idea. Shamefully, as I said, it seems Democrats in the California legislature, uh, I guess they like it because they think it'll be good for voter turnout for them, no matter how easily hacked and manipulated this type of voting is across the Internet. And how difficult, actually impossible, it will be to know if any of these unsecured votes sent across the Internet were manipulated in any fashion at all. So our longtime election integrity friends at Scrutineers.org have updated their info and action page on SB 1480 at Scrutineers.org slash California. With all the details on the bill and who you need to contact in Sacramento to warn them off of this horrible idea, now, this bill is moving quickly, so please take the time to go to scrutineers.org California if you're in the state. But even if you're out of the state, you might want to check this out, because as Dr. Jefferson warned, other states look to California's election technology and then make it their own. And if you think voters are losing confidence in election results already, just wait until it all starts happening over the Internet.
0: Yeah, it's hard to underscore just how bad and dumb this idea is.
2: As a longtime uh, election integrity advocate personally, I cannot warn loudly enough about how mad this ill-considered scheme is. So, scrutineers.org slash California. Okay, in some better updated news this week... A federal appeals court this week cleared the way for a legal effort that seeks to disqualify Congressman Madison Cawthorn's candidacy for office due to his alleged role in the January 6th insurrection. The three-judge federal panel's ruling reverses a lower-court Trump-appointed judge's ridiculous determination that in 1872... Federal law granting amnesty to nearly all former members of the Confederacy (laughs) had somehow immunized Cawthorn 150 or so years later from the lawsuit brought against him under the 14th Amendment's Insurrection Disqualification Clause, which blocks those who have previously taken the oath of office from serving if they have, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Uh, Judge Toby Heaton's, a Biden appointee, wrote for the panel of judges on the U.S. Court of Appeals Fourth Circuit, quote, we hold only that the 1872 Amnesty Act does not exempt all future rebels and insurrections from the political disabilities that otherwise would be created by Section three of the 14th Amendment. The two other judges on the panel, James Wynne, an Obama appointee, and Julius Richardson, a Trump appointee, joined in that judgment.
0: So that's a precedent now.
2: Well, uh, for now, there, there's actually this means that uh, it's important because this is the second federal court to determine that, yes, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. May still be applied against insurrectionists running for office, whether it be Cawthorn in North Carolina or Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia or, yes, Donald Trump. Should he decide to run in 2024, he may find himself disqualified from the ballot in any number of states uh, anyway that believe in still believe in the U.S. Constitution. Now, Cawthorn unofficially lost his primary bid two weeks ago. Uh, which I suspect we will also discuss with Howie Klein in a moment, um, since he loves uh, Madison Cawthorn so much. Uh, But the court said that this lawsuit was not moot because the uh, primary winner in that race has not yet been officially certified in North Carolina. Now, we have had... Constitutional law experts like Ron Fine and John Boniface from Free Speech for People on this program a number of times to discuss these various challenges that they continue to pursue around the country against these insurrectionist candidates. They described the verdict uh, as a, quote, major victory, adding in their statement, this ruling cements the growing judicial consensus That the 1872 Amnesty Act does not shield the insurrectionists of January 6, including Donald Trump, from the consequences of their actions under the 14th Amendment and provides no basis to block state proceedings seeking to exclude insurrectionists from the ballot. And in yet more good news from another story we've recently reported on in detail, the Michigan Board of State Canvassers has disqualified, yes, disqualified, a whole passel of Republican candidates for governor in the state this year after finding that five of the ten candidates running for the GOP nomination this year to run against Michigan's Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer, including, by the way, the two Top GOP candidates for the nomination submitted tens of thousands of fraudulent, forged signatures in hopes of qualifying for the ballot. Yes, all almost all of these election fraudsters are themselves GOP 2020 election deniers, claiming Joe Biden, who won the state of Michigan by more than 150,000 votes, uh, only won thanks to fraud by Democrats. And now those candidates, their campaigns apparently went out and committed massive election fraud in response.
0: (laughs) Go figure.
2: As noted a few days ago, the State's Bureau of Elections found that 36 petition circulators hired by these people, campaign workers, you know, hired to collect signatures, quote, submitted fraudulent petition sheets consisting entirely of invalid signatures, in all according to the bureau's report on Monday these circulators submitted at least 68,000 invalid signatures across nominating petitions for 10 candidates that includes the two front runners for the GOP's nomination for governor Perry Johnson and former De- uh, Detroit police chief James Craig they are disqualified as well. And, of course, the Republicans are furious about it all, and they vow a challenge to appeal, but they will almost certainly lose. One Republican uh, gubernatorial contender who was disqualified, Donna Brandenburg, uh, she complained that she didn't receive any early warning from the state that her own petitions showed signs of fraud. Yes, she blames the state for not telling her that her campaign was submitting forged signatures to qualify for the ballot. She said, quote, I find this process to be an arbitrary goat rodeo. Don't know what that means. Uh, she added, It means
0: I wish to not take personal responsibility for
2: this. Correct. She, she said it's a shame. It's an assault against the American people on every <laughs> single level. That she has been disqualified for committing election fraud. Michael Markey, another now excluded candidate for governor, uh, compared the situation to beachgoers heading towards shark infested waters, saying that the state had not warned the candidates sufficiently about the risk of hiring bad signature gatherers again. It's not their fault. They take no personal responsibility. It's the state's fault for warning them, not warning them harder about
0: not breaking the law.
2: Yeah. So uh, naturally, they are the victims here. Good luck with that. Two more quick updates before we get to Howie. AP has now called the race for progressive Jamie McLeod-Summer over Steve Irwin in Oregon's 5th Congressional District Democratic primary after, as we discussed on our previous show with uh, Oregon election integrity activist Sherry Healy, the county clerk in Clackamas County failed to notice that ballots sent by mail to tens of thousands of voters had smeared printing on them, which made them unscannable on the county's computer tabulators in the state's primary elections that were held almost two weeks ago before the uh, terrible county clerk there in Clackamas decided that the solution to this problem was to remake by hand all of the voters' ballots onto a separate ballot, one by one, tens of thousands of them. So the new version could then be scanned. That, instead of simply counting the voters' actual ballots, all of them valid, by the way, Uh, By hand. So uh, finally, after two weeks, the big news is that McLeod Summer has defeated the very right wing Democratic incumbent, Congressman Kurt Schrader, uh, which we will discuss with Howie as well. No doubt. At at least uh, she has won the race enough for AP to call that race over Schrader and. We're a panel of, uh, one more update here, a panel of uh, uh, appeals court judges in New York, state appeals court judges in New York, on Thursday found Donald Trump and his kids, Ivanka and Don Jr., must sit for a deposition in State Attorney General Letitia James's ongoing bank tax and insurance fraud investigation against them. Well, on Friday, a federal court rejected Donald Trump's lawsuit attempting to shut down the entire probe. So the Trumps lose again in court and we are one step closer to hopefully some accountability for those criminal grifters. All right. So there's your updates to a whole bunch of stories. Howie Klein will be here next to burn down the house with a whole passel of progressive wins and, yeah, a few losses so far in the Critical ongoing midterm primary season in advance of Super Duper Tuesday in seven states on June 7, including here in California. We'll try and get some California and Los Angeles ballot tips from him for you. That's all straight ahead on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening
0: to the broadcast. We are 100% listener supported. Thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com/slash/donate.
2: Ordinary guy, Howie Klein, is the guy who put the talking heads on the map as a big shot music executive before he went into the much more respectable work of becoming a progressive blogger. He put them on the map, and now we're going to make him run through our map in record time, if possible, when it comes to this year's critical midterm. Uh, primary elections welcome back to the bradcast brad friedman from bradblog.com over the past several weeks as this year's midterm primaries have gotten underway in earnest we have as we do focused uh more on issues of election integrity as we tend to cover the track conditions on the bradcast as much or more than the horse races themselves To that end, by way of just a few examples, well, Republican election officials were copying, are copying, and absconding with proprietary voting system software and lying about it in... Key swing states from Michigan to Colorado to Georgia. We've had voting system problems and poll closures on Election Day in places like Pennsylvania and Georgia. Election observers have been locked out of counting uh, oversight rooms in places like Wake County, North Carolina, and of course, computerized tabulation disasters in places like Clackamas County, Oregon. In fact, we spend much less time reporting on the actual politics of these elections as much of our focus tends to be on, you know, making the world safe for democracy, even for terrible candidates and parties who also do deserve a fair, overseeable, verifiable election. So we have not focused much at least so far this year, on how things are going for progressive candidates to date and which races may make a difference in the many state contests still to come over the summer in advance of, again, as noted, perhaps the most critical midterm elections in history or certainly of my lifetime. For many years, I've uh, worked hard to cover election integrity issues in a nonpartisan manner, even though this year, when discussing Other election-related issues, I've discussed what I see as a desperate, virtually existential need at this point to replace all Republicans. Seriously. Given the fact that democracy itself is now on the ballot amid the alarming rise of the authoritarian right, the ability for uh, human beings to survive on planet Earth, that's on the ballot as well. Uh, No small matter. Add to that the wave of long established constitutional rights that are set to be stripped by the GOP's corrupted, stolen and packed U.S. Supreme Court. That call to replace anti-democracy and anti-privacy rights authoritarians and climate crisis deniers became even more clarion over the past weeks of back-to-back-to-back mass shooting, massacres from New York to uh, California to Texas. But who should those democracy-denying, climate crisis-denying, rights-removing, domestic terrorist supporting Republicans be replaced with... Well, I've got just the person to help us out with that, to help me out with that, because I could use a lot of help here. Our old friend Howie Klein is the founder of the longtime progressive blog DownWithTyranny.com and co-founder of the Blue America Pack, dedicated to raising small dollar donations to help progressives, not Democrats, but progressives, Uh, get into office, and he is the progressive champion who seems to know more about congressional campaign politics than, frankly, is healthy for any human being. He was also kind enough to not mind being bumped uh, a few days ago as our planned guest after the uh, horrific shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Oh, Howie Klein, it has been way too long, but welcome back to the broadcast, sir.
1: Thanks. Glad to be back. And let me just throw something in there. Yeah. Uh, You played... um the talking head song at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. They said I put them on the map, yeah. and I just want to say no, no, no. They put me on the map.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I've talked to David Byrne about it. He said you uh, you, you gave him uh, everything he has right now.
1: That's what he said. I that was know. very nice of yeah. him. And it's funny that you should mention that because yeah. I'm sort of sketching out some uh, uh, some book stuff, and uh, I was thinking about David Byrne last night as I was doing that. And thinking, it's really like embarrassing to him and I should really not do it (laughs) until uh ever
2: well uh, you do it but uh until then back to as i said the more respectable job you now have as a progressive blogger Howie, we've been uh sort of too busy to discuss much of the actual politics this year so i want to make up for that a bit try to get all caught up to that end we've had at least two rounds of important elections so far may 17 in north carolina kentucky oregon idaho pennsylvania uh, which some called Super Tuesday this past week uh, in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and runoffs in Texas. And then coming up after the uh, Memorial Day week was something that I, I'm going to call Super Duper Tuesday with races in, I think, seven states, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, Nor- New Mexico, South Dakota, and California. So I want to walk through, actually run through, because we got a lot of ground to make up for, some of the key races for progressives as you see them, Howie. Beginning with May 17th contests, first in Pennsylvania, where two big races jumped out for me for progressives uh, in the race. First for the Democratic U.S. Senate nomination to replace the retiring Republican Pat Toomey. Uh, that was easily won by the Keystone State's progressive lieutenant governor and, and, and uh, John Fetterman. Uh, and it's a a, a a and there was also a big progressive win, if a very close one, for a progressive named Summer Lee for the U.S. House. But let's start with Fetterman. He's going to run against either Trump-endorsed TV doctor Mehmet Oz or former hedge fund CEO Dave McCormick. Whoever wins a recount for the GOP nomination uh, on the uh, for the U.S. Senate, does a progressive like Fetterman have a chance to flip? that Senate seat in Pennsylvania from red to blue, Howie, and and just how progressive is John Fetterman?
1: Ah, that's a good question, that last one. Yes, he he has a very good chance, uh, and and, and I think he'll probably win. It doesn't matter which of those, uh, you know, Trumpist would be uh, nutcases gets the Republican uh, nomination. I think Fetterman will have that one. It's going to be tough, but uh, it'll be fine. Remember, he was elected uh, statewide. Mm -hmm. Neither of them have been elected to anything. Uh, Fetterman in terms of being a progressive I've known him for a few years mm-hmm. uh long before this race and in his heart I think he is a progressive I'm not 100% sure but I, he appears to be but he's a, he's a very independent guy and I like independent guys mm-hmm. uh, but you know if you expect someone to uh vote the the progressive line, straight down the line, and be with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on every single thing, you may wind up being disappointed every now and then mm-hmm. because he's going to make up his own mind and uh, very, very much doesn't want to be pegged one way or the mm-hmm. other. But he's so, with, But
2: he is here. actually with them on quite a few uh, issues. Yes. Isn't he? No, no.
1: Overall, he'll be with them. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, you're, you're going to wind up being disappointed now and then with this guy.
2: Okay, I'll take it, as long as, he flips, oh, yes, yes. as long as he flips that seat from red to blue in Pennsylvania.
1: It's more than flipping it from red to blue. He is a progressive. I don't want to give mm-hmm. the wrong impression, but I'm, what I'm saying is that he's very independent-minded, and that's more, that trumps in, uh, being a progressive. He's independent, mm-hmm. first and foremost, for this guy. He makes up his own mind. He's a Harvard-educated guy. He thinks things through very, very carefully and might not always come up with the same decision everybody else does. He's yeah. a contrarian guy.
2: I like it uh, in the uh, in the U.S. House, Pennsylvania's twelfth congressional district. I mentioned Summer Lee. That's right. uh, in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A very close race. She would be the first Black woman elected to Congress from Pennsylvania, as I understand that. Uh, understand it. Uh, what should we know about Summer Lee?
1: It's fantastic. She was, you know, certainly if you want to write a, a list of the best people who ran this cycle, she'd have to be on that list. She's one of the best. She she uh, uh, is a uh, state rep mm-hmm. who is going to be leaving that that position. So she has been an elected uh, official, mm-hmm. and um, and the, the the Pittsburgh is more uh, is much bluer than her her former district. I don't think there's any chance that she, there's no chance that she's not going to win this thing.
2: Well, she's uh, running APAC against
1: and some of the other bad guys
2: uh-huh.
1: who, who spend lots of money, spent millions of dollars to defeat her and put in like some APAC guy. And I mean, they spent literally. Uh, millions and millions. Of let me let me talk about that for one second, mm-hmm. if I may. I know you're trying to rush through this, but there is something okay. important there. Yeah. Is the media keeps repeating? Uh, you know, they spent two point five million or they spent three million uh, on this race and that race. The problem there is that the reporting doesn't come in for weeks. So no, and the way APAC and. Democratic majority for Israel and some of the other bad guys, the way they spend their money is that they, the bulk of it goes out in the last week. So we never, we don't know mm. when the media is hot on these uh, reporting on these races. Like now, we don't know what the, the final expenditures were. And what I'm, what I'm finding when I go back to the FEC reports, I'm finding that they double in the last 10 days.
2: And do they purposely do that, hold it till the end so that it doesn't come out before the election?
1: Mm. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I just, I think that may be part of it, but it's really more than that. And it, they find it's most effective to uh, spend the bulk of the money in the last week, so that they can uh, so that they can't be um, th- their questions can't be answered. Mm. So in other words, they'll, they'll, what they're trying to do is they whatever the weaknesses of their candidate is, uh-huh. like for example, in Summer Lee's case. Her candidate is a former Republican. Uh So, you know, so he was a Republican, and now he's a conservative Democrat. So what they do instead, and they do this over and over again, is they accuse her of being a former Republican, Uh which is absurd. So and and they don't really expect to convince anybody. What they hope to do is to confuse everybody so it becomes a draw in terms of that issue. And they do that in every single race that they get involved with. So if they do it at the end, and mm-hmm. the candidate doesn't have any money to answer their absurd charges, then it becomes uh, an effective way for them to do this. And it, it, all of this is being um, manipulated and, and uh, put together by one guy named Mark Melman, a a, uh, a Democratic strategist, but extremely conservative Democratic strategist. And what they do, Melman and uh, APAC and particularly, is they take uh, Republican money and launder it into Democratic races mm-hmm. so that they knock out uh, a, a progressive. Gotcha. So in the case of uh, California, I'm sorry, in the case of um, Pennsylvania 12, no Republican is going to get elected there. That's a pure Democratic seat, mm-hmm. and and they'll never elect a Republican. Yeah. So that means whoever wins the primary is going to Congress. They would much rather have a former Republican uh, who is conservative. Mm. Like, uh, uh, like the guy who, who ran against uh, Summer Lee so that so that's why they're doing this and it's happening not just there but everywhere while we're talking about Pennsylvania though uh-huh. the district right next door to the 12th is the 17th and that's Connell old district mm. which got a it was a swing district but it got a little bit uh, bluer in the um, in the recent re- redistricting mm-hmm. and a good solid progressive one there as well a guy named Chris Deluzio so, so it was, it was two good moves in Western Pennsylvania,
2: and no concern that because yeah, Lee barely won that race by less than a thousand votes. She's right. actually uh, it's a seat being vacated by a, a retiring Democrat named Mike, uh, Congressman Mike Doyle. The Republican who has the nomination, who ran uncontested, is named Mike Doyle. Do we have any concerns about that, Howie? No. Nah. Okay. I
1: mean, a tiny uh, bit, but no, no, not not. I mean, that this is a, a an educated. And Sharp district. It's not like some backward uh, place that where they're going to get. they going to fall for that kind of trick.
2: Let's get to uh, Oregon. Unless you got anything else for me in Pennsylvania. The uh, uh, no, no. Let Let's get to Oregon. Oregon. Big news. Uh, grassroots supported Democrat Jamie uh, McLeod. Jamie McLeod Skinner. Uh, has been called now as the winner over conservative Democratic incumbent Representative Kurt Schrader. We've been talking about that race on this show uh, because they had a huge uh, mess up with flawed ballots that the uh, Clackamas County clerk Failed to notice before she sent them out. And then instead of counting the ballots by hand, she had to remake tens of thousands of them uh, one by one, which is insane. But now AP is, in fact, calling it for Jamie McLeod Skinner over a sitting conservative Democrat, Kurt Schrader.
1: Big right, news? a blue dog Democrat. He was the the last Democrat left in the House who voted against raising the minimum wage. All the others who had uh, voted against raising the minimum wage had already been defeated. So he was the last one left standing. He also voted uh, to destroy the Democrats the Democrats' plans to lower the cost of drugs. He's a farm a big farmer guy. Mm. They and other uh, bad players put lots of money into his campaign he outspent her by a huge margin and he still wound up being defeated really really great news she's wonderful he's terrible there was (laughs) something that you just mentioned oh yes about the clackamas county clerk uh, clerk this is right up your alley but i got a um a letter from a friend of mine today who was just elected to the state legislature from that area saying that they they are they are campaigning uh, also to defeat her in November so that she will not be the Clackamas County cr- clerk anymore.
2: Yep. Sherry Hall is her name, and she was elected in sort of a Tea Party wave 10 years ago, has had disaster after disaster there ever since. Right. Uh, she continued
1: to be really extremely incompetent above and beyond yeah. her... Uh, her
2: leanings politically this mess uh that they've been dealing with uh since for the past two weeks uh trying to get this cleaned up uh we had a, an election integrity act- activist on the show on a previous broadcast who called this the hiroshima of botched elections <laughs> so maybe she's on her way out next door uh by the way oregon six uh is a new district i think it was won yeah. by uh progressive state rep andrea salinas Maybe most notable because she defeated a, a total newcomer, I think, named Carrick Flynn, who had not support- even a newcomer. Yeah, not, not even that.
1: Just random guy. Okay, he wasn't. He, he, he's not part of civic life in Oregon. He's just some random guy who Sam. Uh, bankman Freed decided he wanted him in Congress and p- was willing to put fifteen million dollars of his own money into it this is a, This is a case that of like a, what I was describing before where uh, the media says eleven million or twelve million because they don 't look to see the latest FEC reports that mm-hmm. come in every day. And and as of now, Bankman-Fried has put $15 million into electing this guy, the most that was ever spent by somebody to elect somebody to to Congress. To what end? A single person to to one congressional seat. Why? And and why? No one knows why. And Bankman-Fried, by the way, happens to be Biden's second biggest donor. I think he's the biggest donor for the DCCC. And he gave the DCCC another million dollars and said, spend it there.
2: And this guy, he's a a crypto-billionaire, apparently. He may not...
1: uh... Who lives in the Bahamas.
2: He may not have quite as much money anymore since uh, crypto has crashed uh, in So in now he's only got
1: $4 million instead of $8 million.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it was enough. Announced...
1: i I'm sorry, billion, I forgot, I, I'm, you know, yeah. billion, billion. Right. I can't wait till they start talking about trillion.
2: Yeah, they will. But he, uh, so, uh, yeah, very strange that I, I can only assume the reason they wanted to back this Carrick Flynn guy was because the same guy, this Sam Bankman Freed, was willing to give a whole bunch of money to the rest of the party, to, to, yeah. to Biden, to the Democrats, et cetera. Oh, so, of in the meantime, it didn't work. That's the good news. Uh, Andrea Salinas, uh, she, she's good? We should be happy about this?
1: Yeah, she's good enough. She's okay. not, she, <laughs> she's not uh, anything like Summer Lee. I mean, they're not in the same ballpark, but gotcha. she's good.
2: All right. Before uh, moving to North Carolina, anything else in or- Oregon?
1: There was one other seat in Oregon, which was uh, unfortunately didn't go that well. Uh, that's the fourth district, uh, which was open, and the uh, the progressive candidate um, it was Doyle Canning, and she lost out to just a run of the mill, uh, garden variety establishment Democrat, who will now go to Congress most likely. Although it's a kind of it's, it's yeah, I mean the district was formerly a swing district, and the redistricting uh, made it much safer for Democrats. So li- likely, even though she's a horrible candidate, she's likely to win.
2: You can't win them all. Uh, but uh, at least a Democrat will hold that seat. As I said, I think uh, even bad Democrats are better than uh, good Republicans, if there is such a thing anymore these days. No, I hate, I to, say good Republicans. I just, I hate to say it. I know. I hate to say it. Name
1: one good Republican.
2: I, I, I hate to say it. You're right. Absolutely. Well, here's one. In North Carolina, your very good friend, first term congressman and insurrectionist Madison Cawthorn, appears to I have. I love Madison. I know I you have. do. I. I do. <laughs> he lost his... Uh... I want to say something about yeah. that, Go that, ahead. That, Madison. Go ahead. Before you
1: ask me the question. All right. When I um, I, I put my Down With Tyranny posts up on Instagram, mm-hmm. just for the hell of it, just so it'll be there. So I put a picture up with a link to the to um, Down With Tyranny every day. And, when, and normally I'll get, like, the average is about 20 people, about 20 people. When I put a post up about Madison Cawthon... It never. It, it's always like either hundreds or thousands of people. Why? That, I, that's why I, I think he's the greatest. What? And I was not <laughs> so excited about him losing. His district is a red district. Uh-huh. So it would be very, very hard to flip it. But it's not that strong of a red district. Mm-hmm. He, event, he could have, not this year, but he could eventually have been defeated by a, by a good, solid Democrat. Eventually. The guy who was elected instead of him, he lost his primary, as just a, just a run-of-the-mill right-wing Republican mm-hmm. who would vote the same way that, that um, Madison was going to vote anyway. There, there would be no difference in the way they vote, but he just wouldn't be insane. Madison Cawthorn <laughs> lends credence to the Democrats' uh, claim that the Republicans are out of their minds, and that goes away, and we'll never defeat this other guy. And we could have defeated Madison Cawthorn in the next blue uh, wave.
2: Well, and that was, uh, you've actually answered the question before I even asked it. Uh, you know, would would there have been a better chance against Cawthorn than the guy who did win it, a guy by the name of Chuck Edwards? He will run yeah. against Democrat Jasmine Beach Ferrara. And she's very good, by the way. Yeah? But she yeah. won't have... And his...
1: raised a lot of money. So, you know, I don't, I mean, because of the demographics of the district and the way it was drawn, I don't think she has much of a chance. But you know but she would she would have had a better chance against Cawthorne and and then if they have a, a, re, a you know um if they, if they run again if they would have run again against each other mm-hmm. in the next democratic wave whether it would be 2024 unlikely mm-hmm. or 20 uh 26 very likely she she could beat him then, but now you know this guy's is, is is just a, a right wing Republican state senator who won't shoot off his mouth about crazy things the way Cawthorn does. Won't be seen in bed humping a pillow or whatever he was humping, the way Cawthorn did. Mm-hmm. Won't be selling crazy cryptocurrency memes the way mm-hmm. Corson was. I mean, Corson did every possible wrong thing that uh, that a, a freshman could do, leading up to eventually him endangering the Republican establishment by by blowing the whistle on the fact that they have coke-fueled orgies.
2: Yes. All right. Uh, And we have to move this along, because I got so much to ask you about, Howie. Uh, There is
1: one more important race, or a couple of important races in in North Carolina, I think you brought up North Carolina. Go for it. Yes. So one of them was an amazing woman who was running for Congress named Erica Smith, and the person who beat her, again, APAC money flooded in millions and millions and millions of dollars. Was a, uh, is an anti-choice fanatic. He's a state senator, so he's got a record. His record is terrible. He's widely considered the worst member of the North Carolina legislature. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing to Erica. Erica I, I talked to Erica a lot, and she had no idea what was going to hit her campaign. Mm. But all this money that came in, uh, literally accusing her of everything about him, saying that he was a champion of, of, uh, of women's rights to choice. A complete lie. He's, he, he voted against them again yeah, and, and again
2: and we had we've had erica smith on the show she is fantastic
1: and Absolutely it fantastic. is very disappointed by a lot yeah with Le- all these lies Le- and then the uh the the senate election yep. is really a problem because the democrats decided to play it safe they went with an, with another chuck schumer pick uh cherry beasley who can't I can't see how she could possibly win, especially in a, in a cycle like this. You know, Trump's candidate won in that race, and then they have this nothing Democrat who would. You know, if I have to look at like who Chuck Schumer picked and cleared the field for this cycle, uh, uh, the way he did for Kirsten Cinema, and who's going to be the most likely to be like Kirsten Cinema, although yeah. well, not quite as bad, but some like it it would be sherry beasley well she's so for, former
2: state supreme court just uh, chief justice wasn't she she
1: was appointed and then lost her her real a
2: black woman she'll be running against uh, ted bud for yeah. a, a, <clears throat> a seat that should be winnable because in one sense because you got a democratic governor in the state of yeah. north carolina now and um he this, wanted
1: he one in a uh in a good democratic year let's face it this is not going to be a good democratic year so it would it, you have you really need an exceptional candidate uh, uh, to win like we've got that kind of situation coming up in Missouri where the democrat is so exceptional that he can buck the wave Someone like Cherry Beasley is not in any way, shape, or form exceptional, and she's not going to be able to buck the wave. I hear
2: you, and I'm not so sure you're right about it being a terrible year for Democrats, but we don't have time to discuss that right now. Uh, Any chance— You know, I've never known you—in all
1: these years that Uh I've known you, Yeah, I've never known you to be like a pie-in-the-sky kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm just shocked now that you don't think it's going to be a terrible year for Democrats. I, but like you said, this isn't the time to talk about I, it. We can talk about it another time. It if you want. could
2: be a terrible year. I'm just not as certain as folks like you and others about that. I think there's too many unknowns. Uh, the conventional wisdom goes out the window during unconventional times, which these decidedly are. So I'm right. saying, but like
1: this yeah. morning, Biden announces that he's giving every uh, uh, all, all the students. Student loan uh, indebted people ten thousand dollars. my friend, who happens to have a big amount of money mm-hmm. in student loans, called me and he said it 's like giving people a five dollar gift card for starbucks well we, he said, I would never vote for Biden
2: We will see. I'm not—I think you need a better class of friends, quite honestly, Howie, but the— Hey, you're talking about Roland there, dude. I I don't think that uh, he—for what it's worth, I don't think that he's actually made that announcement yet. I want to make that clear. They're talking about making that announcement. We'll see what happens. We'll see what effect that has.
1: Well, you're right about that. But like I said, we can't talk about it. But Mondaire Jones led a letter that went out to Biden today telling him, please do not do this, and making the case for more money and no— uh no um uh what a cap
2: All right. We will discuss that in the future. We cannot discuss it now, Howie. Stop distracting us with these interesting uh, thoughts you have. I got to go to Kentucky. Now, uh, Senator Rand Paul easily won his primary. He's running against a progressive uh, African-American, the Democratic winner, Charles Booker, this November. Again, Again? they have a uh, Democratic governor in Kentucky. Any chance in hell that the Democrat could win against Rand Paul? No. Okay. Moving on to this past week in Texas. And I know I I suspect you may have a thought or two on this. uh, The right wing pro NRA, anti-choice Democratic uh, Congressman Henry Cuellar, with the help of Democratic leadership, sadly, uh, as of now, anyway, is ahead of uh, progressive 29 year old runoff challenger, uh, Jessica Cisneros, by a mere 175 votes out of more than 45,000 cast, I think that should be headed to a recount. Well, Thoughts the, on that? I mean,
1: before you have a recount, you have to have a count, and there are still hundreds of ballots that haven't been counted yet.
2: Good. So you're not uh, calling it one way or another yet? No, no not at all.
1: The, the thing that gets me down, and I don't want to get you started because I know this is right up your alley, is that we're talking about some of the most corrupt Counties in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all that district is, of course, but, um, you know, uh, what is that called? Webb County, where Laredo is, which is the biggest county in the district, is really, really corrupt. And it's an, like an old fashioned democratic machine there, mm. like a Tammany kind of machine. But mm-hmm. so it's very, very hard, uh, it's, you know, to. to be able to win in a place like that when you control a machine. If Cis, I'm if, a little worried about that.
2: If Cisneros is able to uh, somehow uh, defeat Quayar, and by the way, Quayar, I think went to uh, when he was first elected to Congress, is very right wing Democrat back in uh, yes. 2004. I think he was also way behind in a or, or similarly by you know several hundred votes in a in a recount. Ended up winning by i think 58 votes so i think chickens should not be counted my question is if cisneros does win can she win against this republican cassie garcia
1: yeah in- it's, it, it, you know it was a swing district uh-huh. but it's a little bit more democratic now than it was last time and i i don't think i don't think it will really be a problem she's a very very attractive candidate in terms of uh, fighting for the working class and I think that she'll she'll win this thing. Tell if, me if she uh, if she can beat Quayar. If she does beat Quayar, by the way, that will mean three Blue Dogs were defeated so far.
2: Yeah, I but know. The other
1: one who we who we didn't talk about was in Georgia. Um Carolyn Badeau was beaten uh, also uh, this past week, by, so that, and that was that was good news.
2: By Lucy McBath. We just hadn't gotten to Georgia yet, Howie. Uh, okay. Before I get there, uh, tell me uh, quickly, Jasmine Crockett in Texas' 30th uh, congressional district, uh, is there some good news for progressives in, in that district, in that race? Maybe. Maybe. Right. Well, I don't,
1: I don't know her. I haven't spoken with her, so I so I don't want to say. John what I Nichols did say thinks about she's... Her, she got me a little frightened. Yeah. Was that uh millions of dollars from our friend uh Sam Bankman-Fried?
2: <laughs> oh, that guy, the guy again. Crypto guy.
1: The crypto guy. So, well, that makes me a little nervous, about Well,
2: it. John Nichols over the nation says it's a huge win. She was backed by Congressional Progressive Caucus.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And so forth. The right. uh, Congressional Caucus I don't want to say that they're a contrary uh, indicator, but they're not an indicator anymore. They were at one time, and they're not any longer. They back, they often back really bad people. I mean, really bad. Not even you know. The caucus is one thing. The caucus is great. It's the caucus pack which is no good. It's a whole other story. We can go into it any time you want, but it's run by. Um, by a slime ball named Mark Pocan uh-huh. and uh, he is he has a great voting record but he has no problem in backing the, the worst of the worst and he does it all the time
2: all right. Well, to be fair, also uh, working families, bold progressives, uh, union rights, uh, abortion rights, civil rights advocates, LGBTQ rights uh, uh, folks also yeah, I'm got not behind saying, I don't
1: want to say anything negative no, about sorry. her. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I literally have nothing to say about her. Oh, okay. I just don't know. But I just wanted to say when you brought up the... Yeah the Cong- congressional progressive caucus pack that that's not a good indicator some uh, of these other groups that you mentioned are
2: Let's jump to Georgia you you mentioned uh, Lucy McBath in the 7th district there Yeah uh, I
1: more, more mentioned Carolyn uh, Badeau because mm-hmm. Carolyn uh, Lucy McBath you know she's she's good on one issue, which is gun control. She's very good on that. But other than that, eh? She's a new Dem. She's just, certainly not a progressive. And she, better than Beddo? Absolutely better than Beddo.
2: And they were both uh, incumbents, and and because of the way the state was redistricted, they had to run against each other. So I yep. guess if it's a choice between the two, the one Howie Klein prefers seems to have won. Before yep. we leave Georgia here, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene easily won her primary. <laughs> Uh, I I know you're disappointed about that, but um, is there any chance for Marcus Flowers, who easily won on the Democratic side, to beat Marjorie Taylor Greene, given the, frankly, ass that she has made of herself as an insurrectionist and everything else over the past two years? Any
1: chance is interesting. I would say that if you somehow were able to get on the ballot, there would be a chance you could win. It's about the same chance that uh, Flowers has.
2: Well then, I uh, say she's got a great chance because I think I could easily beat Marjorie Taylor Greene. So there thank you, go. you for he mentioning. He
1: says the same thing about himself.
2: That's what Marcus Flowers says. All right, I'm going to get to a break here. Uh, anything in Alabama you you wish to uh, cover before I get to that break?
1: Not in terms of Democrats or progressives, but uh, just uh, if you want to talk about Mo uh, Mo Brooks who Trump endorsed and then unendorsed and mm-hmm. is now a Trump enemy, yeah. he wound up getting into uh, into the runoff yep. against a, you know, just garden-variety Republican.
2: And does that make it uh, any uh, better or worse for the Democrats' odds? No,
1: there's no Democrat anything in, the, in that race. No, that's too bad. You know, they might as well not even run somebody.
2: That's too bad. Uh, all right, quick break. We're going to come back with a quick preview of Super Duper Tuesday uh, with a focus probably on California, as that's that's next up, uh, right after the uh, Memorial Day holiday in Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, South Dakota, California. Howie, pick your uh, favorite most important races, because we'll only have a few minutes. That's right after this quick break of the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman.
0: We gotta get out of this place If this the last
2: thing we ever do True Yes, we do have to get out of this place politically, metaphorically, and at least in uh, Desi Doyne's case, uh, literally. She's got to get to Texas. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with progressive champion and longtime DownWithTyranny.com blogger, the great Howie Klein. Okay, Howie, we've got very few minutes here. We've got Super Duper Tuesday coming up in Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, San Diego, California. I want to make sure we get some tips for our uh, California listeners for sure before we hit California and Los Angeles, by the way. Uh, any quick uh, tips we need to know about in any of those other states?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Montana. There's a new congressional district in mm-hmm. the western part of the state, and Tom Winter is running there. He's great. He'd make a great uh, member of Congress. He mm-hmm. was a wonderful state legislature. Uh, really, really good guy, uh, and I would recommend him very highly. Mm-hmm. He's running against there. There are I think two left. Um, there were many, but I think there were only two conservative Democrats in the primary running against him. That's the only race that I, I'm following in um, Montana.
2: And there's enough Democrats in that uh, congressional district that they could actually yeah, send I a mean, Democrat? Yeah, I mean, it's a
1: Republican-leaning district, but it's not, uh, it's not impossible, gotcha. especially for a guy like him. He won his state legislative race in, the West, in that area uh, in a Republican district that Trump won, and, and he, he won as well you at had, the same time.
2: You had someone in New Jersey you wanted to shout out?
1: yeah there are there are a few good candidates in New Jersey, uh, but you know they're all long stories, and I know that you're pressed for time. Why don't we skip to um to California
2: to California. All right. what are your super duper Tuesday tips for progressive voters in California? how we climb?
1: okay. so Let's let's start with L.A. and then, if we have time, we'll go to the rest of the state. Okay. So th- there's a mayoral r- race, and that's you know that's important. Uh, Kevin De León is a, a, an old pal, and he's running uh, for uh, for the open mayoral seat. The bad guy in this race is Rick Caruso, a billionaire oligarch. Really, you know, everyone in L.A. has been bombarded with his millions of dollars in self-funded ads. Uh, that are all false and misleading. Completely, they tries to make himself sound like he's a progressive Democrat when, in reality, he's a Republican pretending to be a Democrat. Rick, Rick Caruso, really bad. And I've uh, heard him describe. You said a- anyone I, I, is better than Rick Caruso. I I would say Kevin De Leon, but there'll be a pro- there'll be a runoff, and it's, chances are that runoff is going to be between Caruso and Karen Bass, who's who's pretty good. I and, wouldn't have a problem uh, voting for her in a runoff.
2: And I've heard Caruso described as the uh, Donald Trump of Los Angeles. Don't know if that's true or not. But yes, the point. yes, it is. But the point is that they'll both head to a runoff as long, well, the top two candidates here will head to a runoff as long as Caruso does not get more than 50% of the vote. So I think I saw you write over at Down With Tyranny that basically anyone you vote for who is not Caruso Will help to prevent him from getting fifty percent. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, uh, and like I said, you know, Kevin De León is, is one of the best people running, mm-hmm. uh, or the, in my mind, the best person running. So it's worth voting for him. A more important race in some ways, although it's is kind of counterintuitive. But because the mayoralty of LA is a kind of mostly symbolic uh, role, they, they, you know, the the board of supervisors of LA County has all the power. Mm-hmm. There is a really important race that I want everyone to concentrate on, <clears throat> which is the for county sheriff. Believe it or not, hmm. the the current county sheriff Alex Villanueva is so bad I can't I can't talk about it. I mean how horrible he is. Right. And it's not a case like you just described where you vote for anybody and we'll be okay because there are others who are terrible as well, like um, Cecil Rambo, who's the Long Beach uh, police chief. No, I'm sorry. He's not. Robert Luna is the Long Beach police chief. He's terrible. Cecil is terrible. He's the LAX uh, police chief. They're both bad, Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas there is actually a good person running for county sheriff, and and that's um, Eric Strong. So from everything I just said, all you need to do is remember one thing, Eric Strong for county sheriff.
2: Eric Strong for County Sheriff, Howie's pick, got it. Uh, right. Anything else uh, in California outside of L.A. that we need to know in the oh, I don't know, minute we have left?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know what what I try try to concentrate on is um, uh, uh, congressional races, and there are a number of, of congressional races that that are happening in L.A. that are re- that are very important. Some of them, though. Or you know, it's just a, a given, you know, that someone like uh, Ted Lieu, who I think you have coming on your show, is is going to uh, is going to win a re-election. Mm-hmm. So, so that's really good news. Most California incumbents win. California is is loath to give out, um, is is to is to uh, defeat incumbents. But there know?
2: are a number of Republican seats that Democrats are gunning for you know, any chance that they'll be able to do that, or has the state been uh, districted in such a way that it's impossible to defeat a Republican incumbent at this point?
1: Well, Shahid Buttar can can beat Nancy Pelosi, I think, uh, (laughs) up in San Francisco. But uh, a a lot of the seats are jumbled up, and and you don't know. And in two of the cases, the DCCC has already moved to make sure that the Democrats who are going to uh, be running are so bad that uh, it won't even matter like in the 13th congressional district Adam Gray who was a uh, you know you, you know what the Mars squad is in Sacramento basically the blue dogs of, of the uh-huh. state
2: uh-huh.
1: Adam Gray is one of them uh-huh. uh, he's gonna wind up being the Democrat I would I wouldn't vote for him if Trump was running against him.
2: well who's who's he running against in the 13th district
1: another bad Democrat uh, Phil Arbe- Arbello is in it no but and I mean who, elect- who,
2: who would they run against in November
1: no one good you know no in california it doesn't work that way it's a jungle primary
2: oh i see what you're saying oh, okay it's, it's not i thought this was a seat that was uh, that a republican was holding and that they were the democrats were gunning for it i got it so it doesn't matter in that sense because, oh it's, it's like yeah. a
1: wasted seat in other words let's put it like this there is going to be a conservative in the 13th district that's how it goes and it's, it's unfortunate, but, it, you know, we're stuck with it. Gotcha. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a shame that no one got behind um, a, good, uh, a good, solid progressive, but and, it, it didn't and, work
2: out. And when you say a conservative, in this case, you mean conservative Democrat. And when we put— when Or we're a d-
1: conservative Republican. It's going to be a conservative something. Gotcha. All right. Uh, uh, and, and really conservative and corrupt. I mean, you, uh-huh. know, you know what the mod, the mod squad is. You know, they they take money
0: uh-huh. from
1: big oil and, yep. and and corporate interests in general and vote the way they're they told to vote. And the, and there are a couple of them. Rudy Salas is another one. Uh, they're both going to Congress, and they'll, uh, there's no reason to think that they'll do anything but exactly the same thing when they get to Congress. There is a little bit of good news, though.
2: Quickly, here. quickly.
1: Oh, okay. There's a special election uh, to f- to fill the rest of Devin Nunez's. Uh um, huh. The term, so it's not someone who's going to go on uh, next year, just for this year. And it, it, so the, they already had the primary, and a wonderful progressive named Lauren Hubbard won. And now he has to have a runoff with um, with a Republican named Connie Conway, a lunatic. And if, if if Lauren wins, it'll be like a, a mitzvah.
2: Okay, there you go. Well, let's end it with a mitzvah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Howie Klein. We'll have you back more often in the future so we don't have to jam quite so much into one single appearance, I promise. Uh, Howie Klein is, of course, the uh, genius behind DownWithTyranny.com. And Talking Heads. And the Talking Heads, so I've heard. And uh, you can also find him on the Twitters at DownWithTyranny. He's also the co-founder, of course, of Blue America Pack fighting to put progressives into office, uh, particularly in the U.S. House. Thank you, brother. Always great speaking with you. I look forward to the next time. Okay, we have got to get out so uh, Desi can get to Texas. Yes. Uh, will uh, Nicole will be here uh, for a few days after the holiday. We'll be back in time for a super-duper Tuesday on June 7, I think. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyne, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or just need to hear it again, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. That's made possible by those of you who stop by Bradblog.com slash donate to help pay for Desi's airline ticket. <laughs> Drop me an email if you like. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. We will see you there at all of the above until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. That has got